Coming up next on Your Best Bets, Johnny Strauser joins me once again to discuss the match part three. Was it worthwhile? Was it entertaining? Should this thing keep going? We also discuss the Mayakoba event down in Mexico this week. It's the last event on the 2020 calendar for the PGA Tour. We discuss the guys that we like, that we think we could that could win. We discuss top 10 bets, top 20 bets, and we also find out that I like a bunch of guys that can't putt this week. So hopefully one uh, picks up a hot putter and wins. So before we get into that, let's listen to Swimming into View. Joining me to talk golf this week, uh, to review the match, and to talk about the Mayakoba event in Mexico, Mr. Flint, Michigan himself, Johnny Strauser. Welcome. Thank you so much. How are we doing tonight? We're doing good. We're doing good. Um, I, I've been looking at these these odds for Mayakoba, so I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it because we don't have a golf tournament for uh, a few weeks after this. Yeah, we really got to... Uh... Got to dig deep here and and find some some good numbers here, and because it's going to be a little while before we're able to uh, to bet again here, so good chance to to make some good money here and uh, uh, take it on into twenty twenty one. Yeah, we got the Century Tournament of Champions the first full week of January, so that's that's the next uh, that's the next tournament we got. So let's let's make the Mayakoba count. Uh, before yeah. we get into that, let's review the match. Of- the match number three, which occurred last Friday uh, out in Arizona. We had uh, Team Mickelson and Barkley take down uh, Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. I don't even know how much they won by because I kind of lost track. I knew they were going to win at some point. Um, overall, it was it was a pretty good event, fairly entertaining. Uh, Mickelson sort of dominated the entertainment value of the whole event. He coached Barkley th- through every shot kind of annoyingly at times when I was watching. Um, but he was good. Barkley was good. Curry and Manning were kind of, kind of, I don't know, not non-existent, but they were pretty quiet compared to the other two. And I don't think anybody really expected Steph to be sort of a showstopper as far as entertainment, but Peyton was great. And, and, you know, in, uh, May when, when they played the match number two. And, uh, so he, he was kind of a little more quiet this time. Um, First of all, did you watch, and what did you think of the event? Well, due due to my work schedule, um, I was um, not at home and and actually at work, but during a couple breaks, I was able to catch it. I wanted to see the golf course, um, wanted to see kind of how they played, um, and I was was kind of interested to see actually if it was going to be competitive. Um, you know, it's been documented that Steph Curry's a really, really good player. Uh, Peyton can hold his own, and, and Charles Barkley, you know, has kind of gotten that moniker as probably one of the you know worst golf swings ever. Um, so it was going to be, it was kind of a fascinating foursome. Um, but hopefully everybody listened to the podcast when you had Mark Benicky on because he said, take Mickelson and Barkley. I know you agreed with him. And I think, at least for me, that was kind of the easy choice there. Just because 
I mean, you're talking Phil Mickelson. This is one of the five to seven greatest golfers of all time playing golf. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's playing by himself or, or with Charles Barkley or, or anybody. I mean, you, you, you got to take, you got to take the golfer in a golf match. And, and it was kind of unfair for Steph and for Peyton. I mean, in a way that, uh, um, I don't think they got enough shots or had that much of an advantage over, like I said, one of the greats of all time. And, and it kind of showed there as as Mickelson just kind of took over, and, and and Barkley was just enough to 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 help out, and it was the, the match as of the third hole looked you know pretty much well in hand. The the tees were set up for Barkley where he could hit a lot of irons off the tee, and they could take his tee shot based on the format. The alternate shot and they could take either tee shot so they'd take Barkley's tee shot where Mickelson could just hit into the green and then rely on Barkley to get you know a birdie putt pretty close for par and they won a lot of holes with par that way and Mickelson owns the course he knows the course um, he used the setup to his advantage he's super competitive and he wanted to win and uh, Steph didn't play great and uh, he got a lot of probably negative feedback I saw on Twitter as far as people not believing that he's a plus one. Uh, they, you know, people criticize a short game and, you know, this and that. And I, I thought it was really unfair to him because he was sort of their team's A player going up against, like we said, one of the at least the 10 best players of all time. Um, and you can tell he's got a good golf swing. Didn't have a great day around the greens, you know, and they missed a ton of putts. Um, but this guy has acquitted himself as a really good player based on his two uh, Corn Ferry events, what used to be the Web Tour. And, uh, you know, he, he shot under par at a Web Tour event. I mean, that's insane. As we said uh, before, it's probably the second best tour in the world. And uh, so uh, Steph's a really good player, and I believe he's a plus one, and he didn't have a good day. I mean, it's a, it's one of those courses where you either hit it in the fairway or if you miss it, you're probably going to be losing your golf ball. You know, it's these desert type of courses, and you're pretty familiar with those. So um, I don't know. what What's your take on that? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think Steph is, is every bit as advertised. Um, for pretty much everybody who doesn't know my opinion on celebrity golf is I cannot stand it. Like the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, you're playing, playing on one of the most iconic golf courses in the universe, and they have Kid Rock and Larry the Cable Guy and, and all these other guys, and I don't like that stuff. I don't like watching it because if I wanted to watch mediocre golf, I, I'd go to any local golf course around any city and watch it there. But Steph, though, I think he is he's a he's a good player. I mean, as you said, broke par in a, in a Corn Ferry event. I mean that's that's doing something. That's that shows that you've got uh, got quite a bit of ability there. But so I believe that he's a plus one. But Mickelson being a plus five, I mean, only giving two shots aside to stuff. If it was a one on one match, I mean that's <laughs> that they, they've got to rethink that, and I think they will. I mean, I think they're going to build off of that and realize that they got to make it a little bit more competitive. But Curry definitely got a lot of. I think a lot of negative flack for it and him having to basically carry the team and he's got cameras all over the place that are moving around. He's having to wait for that and having to be the guy. I mean, it's not like something that he's accustomed to, like, you know, being the guy, uh, you know, on the basketball court. And 
I, I I'm a fan of him um, on the golf course. He's one of the few you know non golfing guys that I I truly respect, and I hope that they they tweak this, that they make it a little bit more competitive. Where I, they kind of need to add a pro. It's you know on the other side, do some sort of thing there, but. Um, it, it seems to be, I think it's a pretty entertaining thing, especially if you got Phil Mickelson, because he's just turned into quite the personality um, on social media and on TV. And I think that if they can build off of this, uh, I think this is a pretty good annual or semi-annual thing that they can do to, to raise money and, um, you know, do some good things during, during like the, the off season for golf. Yeah, that that sort of led in my t- in, into my last question, and then we can we can wrap up talking about this. Um, is the entertainment values sort of what this has evolved into from the very first time when it was Tiger and Phil, and, and now where they're including Barkley, and who's super entertaining, one of the most fun people just to listen to. Um, uh, now I think it's more it's trying to draw in the common you know the, or the the casual fan and, and less hardcore golf fans and. I mean, I think they'd really be missing the boat if they didn't include Justin Thomas in this. He is one of the top players in the world that is actually entertaining to listen to. If you get a guy yeah. like DJ in there, you get a guy like Brooks or even Rory. They're not. They're not. They're not made for these kind of events like Justin Thomas. He'd be great at this. I'd like to see them have two pros and maybe two really good uh, athletes, as you know, and, and kind of split them up and. Um, Barkley needs to be involved with all these as well. If if TNT is going to be involved, even if it's just being a commentator, I think he's amazing, and it would just it, it sort of ups the entertainment value if he's involved. So it'll be interesting to see where this series goes from here. I'm sure they'll continue to do it. Um, hopefully, make some tweaks along the way. So um, we've talked entirely too long about that, um, <laughs> unfortunately. But hey, that's that's all that's all the golf we had over the weekend. Yep. Uh, so this week, like we said, the last uh, last event of the calendar year uh, on the PGA Tour. Of course, it's only like the third or fourth event of the wraparound season, maybe more than that. But um, we're playing the Mayacoba down in Mexico. It's a resort course uh, just south of Cancun. And it's a Greg Norman designed course. Uh, with it being sort of a coastal course, you can get some wind. Um, it's a par 71. Pretty short course, just over 7,000 yards. Um, the type of greens, and maybe you're familiar with these, I'm not as much as past Palum. And from what I hear, they're bumpy, slow greens, um, kind of tricky. Um, uh, so probably something closer to POA, I would assume. Um, this, this event, has, if you look at the last five years, has favored the guys that aren't necessarily long off the tee. They're really accurate um, with their irons, and uh, good putters, actually, for the last five winners are pretty good putters. Brendan Todd won last year. That's when he was on his amazing run. Um, it seems like it's it's going to favor, favor elite iron play, and if you can just get it and play off the tee, uh, those kind of guys are the guys that I'm looking at this week. Um, you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. Um, definitely... You know, it's not going to be a bomber course, so you don't have to worry about the the extreme length. Um, it's about getting on the greens, but I think we're really going to have to see who's been putting the ball well, who are who are good putters, because those greens are a little bit, a little bit bumpy and a little bit slow. They're not those really really fast Bermuda or or bent grass greens. So, what I uh, what I looked at here is is the you know our, our strokes gained categories again and 
looked for strokes gained approach shots and stro strokes gained putting and just kind of saw, saw who fit those two in the in the, you know the top part of the field and that's kind of the guys I'm going to look after here before we get into the odds and, and the field uh no shot tracker again this week and uh this is one of my big pet peeves so we just played the masters a few weeks ago where the masters website or app um has now basically it's become so advanced that you can see every shot from every player probably within two minutes after they hit it everyone in the field um, it's that advanced the pj tour still can't provide shot tracker um for all courses on tour it's uh i i can't believe it still we're in 2020 where the technology hasn't translated where i can't follow uh cory connors this week and see what he's doing each shot um i have to just kind of rely on cory connors hit his first shot off the tee and then it doesn't tell me where it went and uh i think it's pretty ridiculous and just the for, from from a coverage standpoint and i'm clu i'm including shot tracker in this they gotta the pga tour's gotta get better at this it's it's kind of atrocious well yeah you think i mean as they they introduced that years and years and years ago and and Augusta National didn't have that uh, until not too long ago, and last year's was pretty good. And this this uh, one that was just a month ago here was was unbelievable. That that site, I mean, you could you could follow that from anywhere. You don't have to watch the coverage, and you've pretty much got every single shot, um, like you said, within within two minutes of uh, of it happening there. And, and uh, this is for yeah for the the hole by hole guys like us that like to follow that stuff. This is a really frustrating and stupid thing that we've got to have to have to deal with here. Well, and, and if you like to live bet like we've talked about before, either after the first round or for the second round, you can draw on stats usually with their shot tracker, and you can't really do it without that. And uh, it's hard to see maybe who's hitting the ball well but not scoring and, and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. that's just a pet peeve of mine. I, I really hope the PGA Tour kind of figures this out and uh, at least provides that at every event. So um, as we get into the field, we have a pretty good field for this late in the year. Uh, Justin Thomas is the favorite. Uh, we have Brooks Kepka in the field, uh, some play guys that have been playing really well, like Harris English, Daniel Berger, um, uh, Abraham Anser was just in the hunt at the Masters, uh, Carlos Ortiz just won a few weeks ago at Houston. So this is a pretty good field. Um, so the, of the top two guys, we got Justin Thomas at around plus 600, maybe plus 650, Brooks Kepka coming in, you know, maybe plus 1200, plus 1300, depending on your sports book. Um, do you like either one of those two as far as, I guess, from a betting angle? Well, let's first talk about Brooks Koepka. Um The first question you have to ask yourself if you want to bet Brooks Kepka is, is this a major championship? And if the answer is no, <laughs> I think that's your answer right there. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just, you know, his track record is proven in the regular events that he's just not he's not worth it. He's just absolutely not worth it. He's a phenomenal player, um, but only gets up for the majors. Um, and I just, you just, you know, you, you just can't trust him. Um, he, he has finished plus, top 10, top 10 his last two tournaments. That's true. I mean, he's, he seems to, you know, I think ever since, uh, um, 
you know, the COVID stuff started and, and after the break and everything, I think he's kind of working a little bit harder here. And I think with the knee injury, he's working harder to come back and be more consistent. So maybe, you know, it, it, it is worth noting. I am going to stay away from that, even at plus 1,200, which isn't too bad um, for, uh, for a win bet for him. Um, I, he's burned me too many times um, in the past. I'd like to bet the guy because I, I, I think he's a very intriguing personality out there. He's a good player, but I, he's a guy I can't I, I can't mess with until he proves otherwise. And, and like I said, I, I hope he does one day, but today's not that day. So um, you, you know that, and I'm going to hard pass on Kepka to win. Um, okay. As for Thomas, um, I think those odds are way too short to bet him pre-tournament. Um, if you wanted to throw a little bit of money on him, just because it's still going to be some sort of a return, you know, maybe a quarter unit bet or something like that. But at plus six fifty, with a lot of these other good players in the field, I see almost no value. I mean, don't you agree with that? Yeah, I do. At 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 that, that's a that's a very short number, and it's it's hard to win golf tournaments. He provides the most win equity in the field easily, uh, but that that numbers way too short um i'd prefer to wait and see what he does in round one hope he shoots something that drops him i don't know out of the top 20 out of the top 30 maybe his odds fall under a plus a thousand because he's a guy that can shoot 62 63 easily Mm -hmm. the next day um i I, i'd wait and see if see where he's at after the first round and maybe live bet him then but uh yeah i'm not gonna bet him pre-tournament it's it's just it the odds don't they don't stack up like you know in favor of, of betting him. So um, as we go down a little bit, um, you got guys like uh, Harris English, Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, um, sort of in that next group starting at like plus sixteen hundreds. Uh, that's sort of a starting point for me. Where do you, of that group of guys, who do you like? I uh, I do like Harris English. I'm going to be betting him uh, win bet. Um, I might throw a little bit on top 10 as well. Really, really consistent player. Um, you know, he, he's, he's played so well this entire season, and I really don't see him falling off. Um, I, I think he's got good value at plus 1,600, so I, I'm definitely going to be betting him to win. Like I said, I'll probably throw a little bit on top 10. He's not doesn't have great value on that, but he normally keeps himself up there, and he's, a, he's kind of a grinder. So even if he's not going to win the event, he's he, it's not going to be one of those things where he, you know, just kind of you know gives up and 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 fin, you know fades into a top twenty or something like that if he's in the last couple of groups there. So he he's a guy I like. Um, and one other one I wanted to, to mention because we we you just uh, asked about him here was Abe Answer, um, the the guy you know born in Mexico, tournament Mexico, big deal for him. I believe he finished. Um, pretty high here uh it was tight eighth last year so i think it's a big deal for him to win in mexico so he provides some pretty good value at plus 2200 uh plus 250 as a top 10 i'll probably at least top 10 bet him and i will be watching him very very closely on the live betting um after thursday's round and after friday's round because i think it's like i said i think you know that you get these hometown or home country guys and it's a little bit bigger deal for them than it is for some of the American players. 
be a great story if he could if he could win his first event on the PJ Tour in, in his home country. It would be mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool to see. Um, get, kind of going back to Harris English real quick. In his last fifty rounds in, in this field, he's third in strokes gained total. Um, he's gained gained strokes on the field in twelve of his last fourteen events. He's been probably one of the ten best players in the world in the last two or three months. Can't go wrong betting him at plus sixteen hundred. Uh, another guy that was on fire in the summer, uh, around plus 2,200 I saw him, was Daniel Berger. Um, he had four finishes in the top three in the summer after the restart. He has cooled off quite a bit in the fall, and he hasn't. He, he didn't play in the Masters, obviously, um, and he played in, I think, at least one of the Vegas events in October, but he, he hasn't finished well in a while, so he might be a bit rusty. I'd probably take English over him. And then Russell Henley, kind of around that same number. He's he's still hitting the ball great and a guy that really sets up well for this course if he could just make some putts. Um, but So I'm kind of torn between English and Henley, so I'll probably bet them both. Uh, that's probably what I'll do. Um, I think that's a good idea, actually, is is both those guys are, are you know, they, they both have real good value, and, and Henley's just a, a good putting week away from winning. Is what yeah, it is. I mean, if, if if your budget's fifty dollars this week on on betting whatever you want to bet in this event, I mean, I think you should at least throw ten, fifteen dollars on Harris English or Russell Henley to win, um, at least that because, like I said, ten dollar bet wins you one hundred sixty dollars on Harris English. I think he's going to be in the mix over the weekend. I'd be surprised if he's not. Um, kind of going into that next that next group the mid-tier like i've said this countless times it's my favorite uh it's my favorite sort of group is that plus three thousand to plus five thousand range anyone stand out to you there there are two guys that i i i'm gonna end up betting here um first one being billy horschel um i think he's sitting at plus 4500 uh for win and plus 450 for a top 10 um, he fits a pretty good uh, metric as far as the strokes gained. He's 79th in the field on approach shots, which is, isn't too bad, but he's got a pretty good short game. He's 19th in putting, um, and I don't know. He's been he's been his name's popped up on the leaderboard here recently, um, so he's been been you know pretty decent here. I think he was top 40 at the Masters. Um, and before that, he had some uh, decent events. I think one of the Vegas events he played played pretty well. So I, I I do like him, and he's a pretty tough competitor. So I'll be putting money on him. And then the other guy is uh, is Brian Harmon. Um, he's at plus five thousand and for a win, and plus four fifty for a top ten. Um, he's another guy that I, I I I like. I mean, he puts the ball really really well. Not a very long uh, driver of the golf ball, but that doesn't really matter. Um, Houston Open, I think he was top 25. Um, Sherwood, he was looks like 26th. Shadow Creek, 26th. Uh, Shriners Hospital for Children Open in Vegas, 13th. So he's playing some pretty good golf. Um, real tough competitor. Uh, even if it's going to be windy, I, I think he can he can get get it around there. I think he's worth at least a look at plus 5,000, um, but also a top 10 and possibly a top 20 bet as well. Yeah, Harmon's one of those guys that is not not a long hitter, but accurate off the tee, good putter, definitely fits the course profile. So it wouldn't be a surprise to see him in the mix. Um, Johnny, my favorite play of the week, and 
you know, we two weeks ago uh, at the RSM Classic, we we both like Kevin Kisner at plus four thousand, and this guy I found at plus thirty five hundred, and he's been playing great. He played really well at the Masters, and he played well at the RSM. He finished top ten in both of those events. I'm I'm gonna say like one of the best, twenty best ball strikers in the world. It's Corey Connors out of Canada, and yep. um, this guy is just he's so good off the tee, he's so good with his irons, and he's just an awful putter. Um, he's in the last 50 rounds, he's second in stroke gain off the tee, which isn't going to be huge this week, but he's 10th in approach. He's just not, he's just not a good putter. Um, and so that's his Achilles heel, but he's still been finishing well. And if he just a put, puts a, above average this week, I, he's going to be in the mix and I'm hoping these bumpy slow greens are going to negate some of the putting ability that some of the better putters might have. And that might even out for him. So at plus thirty five hundred, that's my guy that I'm going to really be targeting, and I'll probably put you know the most money down on Corey Connors. Um, also in that group, Will Zalatoris at plus thirty five hundred, uh, Corn Ferry Tour darling of the year, and he's been playing great this fall. And sixteenth uh, off the tee, fifteenth in approach. He also struggles around the greens, struggles on the greens as well, but. This guy's this guy's a real talent, and uh, I think at some point he he might he might snag one of these. Um, he kind of reminds me a lot of the young guys, uh, you know, the last couple of years, the the Victor Hovlins, the Matthew Wolfs, um, the Morikawas. I think he's kind of in that same mold. So I like him. Um, and then at plus five thousand, Emiliano Grillo, uh, really good iron player, another bad putter. You see where I'm going with my guys this week. Um, yes, yes, I do. Uh, Eventually, these guys will make some putts. Um, but Grillo yes. is is, you know, I think I said something to you a couple weeks ago when you asked about maybe live betting them, and I said, well, is putting still involved in, in golf? Because I won't take him. <laughs> but at plus five thousand, he has played well at this course. I think he's got three finishes inside the top ten the last few years. So this is a track that he has played well. Um, so I might put a little bit on him. Uh, going down a little bit, and this is where we get into the long the long bombs that I really. I, I love picking these out. Um, anything beyond the plus five thousand range, maybe plus six thousand to ten thousand, that you might you might see a guy that you like. Yeah, one guy I'm going to uh, throw a little bit on, um, not much here, but a little bit because I think there is some potential. Is is Adam Long? Um, he's mm. sitting at plus seven thousand for a win. Uh, he's been playing pretty good lately. Uh, he finished second at this event last year um, behind Brendan Todd. Um, looks like his uh, last several tournaments, he's, he's played pretty good. Top 30 at RSM, uh, 11th place at uh, the Houston Open, and has been making the cut and everything. So I think it's something that he it's worth looking at. Um, at plus 7,000, throwing a, uh, a little bit on. Uh, again, you can get him at, and you can get him at uh, 550 for a top 10. So that's something I think he's he's worth taking a look at and seeing how he progresses and maybe even a live bet during the event if he's if he's starting to play pretty well. And then the other guy, um, I'm going to uh, the longest of long shots. I don't think I'm going to win bet him. Is Brian Stewart, the Jackson, Michigan native and Oakland University Golden Grizzly. Um, he's at plus sixteen thousand. So it, I think that's pretty pretty fitting there, but. Um, shot 67 his last round at the R- RSM Classic, finished 50th, 50th at the Houston Open. Um, 
some of the websites, um, uh, DraftKings actually does top 40. So it might be worth something there. So, you, you, you know, getting plus odds in the top 40, top 30 finish. Um, he's a solid ball striker, 45th in, in strokes gained, um, approach shots and 56 putting. So, I mean, it's something, something there. And, I mean, the biggest reason is is um, I've played against him in a group, uh, in a college event before, and he kicked mm. the living crap out of me. Mm. Is that um, right? It, it is right, unfortunately. But I like to tell it just because, I mean, why not? He was at uh, he was a freshman at uh, Oakland University, and I was a junior at University of Detroit. We played a just a fun 36-hole match play event, uh, um, our team versus his. And he was their number one player, and I was our number one player at the time for some reason. Um, so they pa- paired us up, and I had never heard of the guy. And I'm like, well, I'll, let me just go ahead and make quick work of him. And this <laughs> dude didn't miss a fairway and hit it six feet every single hole um, and probably beat me, I'd say, I'd say six and four at least in the, in the morning. And I don't even remember. I, I don't even – I was hoping – Darkness hopefully got us that second 18 because I don't even remember <laughs> what happened, but it was a bloodbath and shows you, you know, showed me how good this guy was. And then he pops up on tour and everything like that. So, because of that right there, I hope everybody looks at like a top 30 bet for him and throws a little bit on him because that's the reason why he's going to finish pretty well. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't fault you too much because, well, he, he's a tour player. He, he is one on tour. Um, so, and hey, by the way, mm-hmm. he's like the most nondescript looking dude. He looks like a, like a dad out there driving like a, like a Honda, he, you know, you know, he's he just, does. he's just a normal looking dude. He, he is. So um, those are my guys. Uh, yeah. the top ones are, did you have any long shots out there? Of course it did. Um, this is this is what I live for. Um, I, Harold Varner the third at plus seven thousand. This guy is one of the better players on tour not to win. He's six in stroke gains approach, strokes gained approach, and also has the Achilles heel of putting. But this guy is going to win, and he's got he's yeah. got tons of swagger. He's really a good dude, and he's fun to watch, and he's fun to listen to. And he's more one of the more likable guys that has personality out there. So I'm rooting for him to win. Um, Kyle Stanley, uh, <laughs> 125 <laughs> to one to win. Uh, another one of my guys that I've adopted over the years. I just like I like his golf swing. I like his game. Um, I, this is just the theme of the week. I just I picked a bunch of guys that struggle with a putter. So one of these guys is going to putt well this week, but he's. He's uh, he just finished sixth at the RSM two weeks ago. Um, he's twenty second in strokes gains approach, and he's just got he's got strong pedigree. I think he'll win again. Um, I I got I got Ches Reeve Shea Reve at uh, plus six hundred for a top ten. This guy is probably the most boring player to watch on tour, but he 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 churns out results on these type of courses. Yeah. So plus six hundred for a top ten for a really good iron player is pretty good value. And then one of my favorite plays of the week is uh, Wesley Bryan uh, for a top 20 at plus 800. Uh, this guy sprays it all over off the tee, but on a course where you don't need driver a lot and you just you can kind of hit three wood or even some irons off the tee and get it in play. This guy's a pretty good iron player and an awesome putter. And uh, he's kind of on the comeback trail from injuries. Ninth in strokes gains approach. I can't say that strokes gain approach. And uh, as, as long as he hits it decent off the tee, I could see him finish in the top 20 for plus 800. 
So those are my two um, that I like, and then I'll throw in Luke List at plus 1,200 for a top 10, which is amazing value on a guy that's so talented and another guy that can't putt. Yes. Yeah, you, you definitely there's – a, there's a theme to your guys this week. There is. Picks. There is. But, um, but, I mean, it just really – it takes, it takes th- you know, two or three just – Good days to get hot on the on the greens there, and, and you're right. I mean, the, with the bumpy, slower greens, you know, you can generally be a little bit more aggressive. So, I, I think it's a good strategy. I'm definitely going to play a lot of those ones that you suggested there because, I mean, why not? I mean, they can. It's not like they're playing these lightning fast greens here, and and uh, it's. I think they're worth uh, worth a little bit on, in, especially in those top ten and top twenty bets. Yeah, and, and I like I mean I like looking for guys way down the board that you, you know have talent and if you know these guys pretty well like we do a guy like Kyle Stanley has been uh, he was a great college player and he's won out here and for him to be 125 to one it just yeah. it feels like a little bit long um, of course you're looking for win equity and he hasn't provided a lot of that so like I said there's really only one or two players in this field that provide solid win equity and that's that's JT and Brooks and they're they're just you know, there's reasons not to take them at those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more bet, first-round leader, um, Sebastian Munoz. This guy always gets out to hot starts. Yep. I think you suggested him a couple weeks ago. I think I saw him at plus 6,000 or plus 7,000 for first-round leader. Um, throw, throw a couple bucks on him just for something to follow on Thursday. This guy can make a ton of birdies, and when he gets a putter rolling, he can really put up some low scores. Yep. Seabass, uh, Rory Sabatini's always a good starter. Kevin Streelman, and and these are bets you only have to pay, you know, put a dollar or two on it. I mean, they'll pay out really, really well if you can hit them and pick three or four guys like that. You know, to put put them on those guys that we mentioned, and with those long odds, you just never know. Yep, and uh, we said this last time, live bet. It's you can really you can really find uh, you can find a guy or two that's going to make make up ground after after the cut on Friday that's hitting it well. Um, it's it's fun to kind of look down the board and and follow them and and you know it can really pay off so hopefully a couple of our bets uh that we talked about pay off we almost had the kisner bet two weeks ago it was amazingly close but like i said that he was at plus four thousand and a ten dollar bet pays four hundred dollars i mean that's that's a good chunk of change so um, a lot of the guys we talked about, plus thirty five hundred, plus forty five hundred, plus five thousand. These guys, these are guys that can win this golf tournament, and they, I mean, it could be a, a hell of a weekend if you, you know, they yep. win for you. Um, Johnny, appreciate you coming on, talking about the Mayakoba, and we got we got a big season of golf twenty twenty one coming up. But hopefully, this is a good one to wrap up twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to this week getting one more you know big time golf tournament, taking a month off and. Um, hopefully we'll get some results here and then we'll, uh, we'll hit the ground running with more of these, uh, hopefully weekly here starting in uh, 2021. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, hope you make the, the right picks and uh, it pays off for you and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. All right.